On this episode of the Real Life Caddy Podcast, I'm joined by fellow caddy Mike Zabo. It's getting towards the end of the caddy season and Mike and I have plenty of caddy stories, including a very bizarre story from a dinner we both attended. The world of caddying is never short of weird stories and I ran into one of the strangest guys I've ever worked for and I'll tell you all about it. After our caddy stories, we briefly discussed the recent plans for the Greg Norman-led Golf Super League. Before moving on to listener mailbag questions, comments, and as always, we have plenty of notable mentions. If you have any questions, opinions, or comments, please send them in on social media or via email, podcast at glorifieddonkey.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate, review, and share the podcast. And don't forget to go back and listen to previous episodes you may have missed. For now though, I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 80 of the Real Life Carry podcast. Now before we kick on, uh, I called the last one number 80. I was wrong. It was number 79. So... My apologies if anyone tuned into the last one thinking they maybe missed number 79. The last one was 79. This is number 80. It's called Crossing the Finish Line. And I'm with the Zeke Elliott of Golf Podcast, Mike Zabo. Welcome, Mike. Here I am, Zeke, also known as Zabo. Yes. Good to be here. How, it's been a while since you were on. It has, yeah. It, felt, it, it feels like it's been a whole bunch of time. Well, that's it, because we recorded 79 before no, yeah. we recorded seventy eight before seventy seven went out. Just the way that the 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 uh, the cookie crumbled. Yeah, it happens. And yeah, that was that was middle of September. Yeah, that was a long time. Was that the last time I was on? Wow. Yes, I was, yes. Now, for for those of of you remember, we did the the podcast from the the Woods House at the fourteenth tee at Pebble. We did, and something before we move on, you had forgotten about this, but of course, I'm like an elephant; nothing is ever forgotten. This is, we did the podcast with uh, Chris and Bob, and they were very kind in inviting us for dinner. They yeah, had a, very kind. They had a chef, and we had dinner, and a couple of really strange things happened. Very, very bizarre. There was, there was one chap, I can't remember his name, was his name Guy? Are we talking the Anthem guy? The Anthem guy. That was, I think, Grant. <laughs> Grant. Grant. Yes, it was Grant. So, oh God, I know, I know, McCoppin and Burton remember this. Yes. So Grant was fully medicated. He wasn't really part of the the group. There was a, a group of twelve guys or eight guys. Yeah, he was invited along. Like he was, but like somebody couldn't make, and he was buddies That's with it. one of the guy. Yeah, he was next door neighbors or something like and that. He was fully medicated. That's com- probably putting it mildly. That this guy was. Yeah. I mean. Like barely standing up. He track. was he was drinking triple vodkas on the course. Yeah, and he wanted to be part of the podcast oh, big but, time. He was all about the podcast. Yes, and I, I think I'd mentioned it before where I'd said to Chris, I said, "Listen, that's the problem right there. That's why we have to record the podcast before dinner. You can't do yeah. it after because oh, guys like this are just going to try and kibosh it and yeah. jump in." When sure enough, he did try a little bit. He did, but he ends up sitting at the, the head of the table. For this meal, it was a lovely meal cooked by a, a caterer. Yeah, it's uh, actually uh, Bruce Bruce Finch. Bruce Finch, yeah, great local chef here. Yep, and he cooked up a, a storm. And there were two tables. There was the adult. It was like Christmas time. Yeah, we were at the kids' table. So there's the the adult table through in the living room. Uh, sorry, in the the dining room, and then we have the the circular children's table that yep. myself and Zabo were sitting at. Where with, we belong yeah. with Chris. 
and another couple of chaps. And the salad turned up, the starter, and you know, we go straight into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. And all of a good time, yeah. All of a sudden we heard the old glass ching 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 ching. Yep. And we thought, oh, this is strange. So (laughs) up stands Grant. Barely. I mean barely more wobbling, but yeah. And he's at the head of the table where you would usually find maybe the host of the event. Guy had no business being the head of the table. And and I thought, oh, Oh, we'll put the cutlery down. I remember you 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 almost had some, a yeah, fork a bite in my mouth. Yeah, I was about to take a bite. And then we thought, oh, maybe he's going to say a prayer. Yeah, toast, maybe, something. Yeah. Maybe he's going to say thank you for having me. I wasn't like, you know, this time last week, I was just, you know, going to go to the office and then I got yeah, a phone call. That, I'm at, I, out here playing golf. I mean, yeah. And uh, he then goes into this rendition of, it was probably the strangest thing I think I've ever witnessed at a, well, a dinner. Well, nobody, nobody, I mean, we didn't, nobody else at the table knew what it was but you being i did you know speaking french fluently having spent some time in france i knew that what he was doing was he was (laughs) he was kind of mumbling the marseillaise which is the french national anthem how's it go uh, well, it goes, allons enfants de la patrie, right? Just like Grant, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have any words oh, to it. Oh, man, yeah. He was just mumbling. So he just went, it was the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. And he went on for oh, probably a, a long, long time. And he wasn't, it's, it's not like he did this quietly. I mean, this was at top of his lungs. And then after four or five seconds, we kind of caught on and, uh, Gordon's like, I got to get my phone out. I gotta get the he phone. got his phone out and he actually recorded him doing this. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I got the last 15 seconds of this and I'm going to play it right now. It, it, it's. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so priceless that, he'd, he'd already done his little french national anthem thing and that was the end of it which I, who knows what it was it was the most bizarre thing ever he sat down and by the time we left he was ready to go to his bed he was he was absolutely trashed but god uh, only knows how he got there but yeah yeah t- complete stranger to the group nobody knew him he was a guest got trashed and then he did that yeah, he's that guy it was gold now we sat at the children's table and a really strange thing happened as well. Yeah, so in walks, uh, so th- they're huge house, so there's a whole bunch of people, and in walks this group that was just coming over for dinner. They were actually playing Cypress Point the next day, mm-hmm. and they sat at our table, and we just got got, got to talking, and you know, they, they introduced themselves to Gordon and myself, and this guy, Doug, he's like, hey, I'm Doug, and lives up in Tahoe, and he starts talking, and uh, him and his buddy... We're talking to us, and they're like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, well, I'm from Rhode Island. I was in Sarasota. They look at each other like, Sarasota, Florida? I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're like, we grew up there. I'm like, oh, no way. They're like, yeah, we still do some deals with, uh, with, with, with some buddies back there, buddy Mark Bruce back there. I'm like, I, my, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, Mark yeah. Bruce? I'm like, no way. I'm like, Mark Bruce with you know, his, his wife and Kristen and his son Austin? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that guy was my mentor back in Florida. Like When I moved to Florida, that was the first guy that gave me a job. So just think about how small of a world this is. We're uh-huh. we're in Monterey, Pebble Beach, California. Yeah. This guy from Lake Tahoe who grew up in three, Sarasota, Florida, three thousand miles away, be coming to this house for dinner. Yeah. And we have have the same like good mutual friend. I mean, just crazy. Yeah. You guys spoke for about forty five minutes. Oh yeah, talking you? about all sorts of people. All you know, the people you. It, I mean, in the golf world back there. 
you know, everybody knew who the good players were in the amateur and professional world back in that area. And we, we knew all the same guys. He grew up, he was a good golfer in his own right, PGA mm-hmm. pro. And he grew up playing a lot of the guys that I, I played with and against when I moved down there. Crazy. Just Well, they, they always say that regardless of who you are in the world, that you're about six relationships away from knowing. Yeah. Anybody. Anyway. Yeah. Now, I think it's probably a little bit more than that, but if that's if it's six for anyone in the world, you can imagine within the golf world, it's probably oh, two. Yeah, it, it it is a crazy small world out there. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, anything else been happening? Because that's been what five six years, five six weeks even of of you uh, of your caddying. Yeah, I mean a lot's been happening in the in the caddy world. I took a little time off, but uh, yeah, I've been cranking cranking out work nonstop. I think uh, I've had more. I mean, pretty much all regulars. So people I caddy for all the time and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say just as a generalization, I think that the handicapping has really got me down lately. Like the handicaps of golfers caddying for these golfers, and they get so mad at their buddies for the handicap they carry. Look, a lot of days you're going to play better than your handicap. A lot of days you're going to play worse. But if you're gambling against somebody Mm. and you're giving them shots, you can't be mad when they beat you. Sorry. It happens. It's out there. And then another one, I was caddying. This was this group I talked about before where the guy broke his leg, these Harvard MBAs that come back every year. Well, they were back again, and I had this guy for four days, same guy, and he was literally probably a 25 handicap. So every day, and they play different formats. They play best ball, where they're all getting their shots, or play best ball, and then the last day, like Ryder Cup, they play individual whoa, matches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ryder Well, Cup. I'm just saying, like Ryder Cup, the last day Oof. is individual, right? So I'm caddying for this guy. He's a 25 handicap. We're, we're last day at the big course. We get to the course. I'm like, all right, great. We'll be getting like 15, 20 shots. We get to the team. I'm like, all right, Steve, how many shots are we getting today? He's like, I'm giving one shot a hole. Oh. I'm like, one shot a hole? How is that possible? You're giving one shot a hole? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you've been getting two, two a hole for most of the guys you're playing against. He's like, yeah, I, I have to give this guy one shot a hole. And let me tell you, this guy he was playing against needed every bit of that one oh, shot yeah. a hole. He was, we, we had to count so many times. There was like a, an 11 net 10 that won a hole because my guy made a 12. He's like, well, what do you, uh, well, I had those two in the bunker. I'm like, dude, it was, yeah, yeah, we had a 12. He made, he made a 12 net 11. I mean, oh. he beats us. It was, it was, it was the poor man's Ryder Cup then, I'm guessing. It was, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I really shouldn't make a Ryder Cup comparison. Yeah. But you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I have a, I have an incredibly high tolerance, even for caddies, mm. for bad golf, uh, idiots, you know, stupid behavior. I, I, you shouldn't. You know, I, I have a you know very very high tolerance of it. The 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 bad golf. So we had a question on the mailbag question on the last episode, and it was about would you rather have good golfers or good pay or something like that? And yeah, that was my. I I listened. That was my father in law. Yeah, that was, that was Jim. Jim Atwell. Yeah. So I'd said, oh, we don't care about the quality of the golf. We really don't. The following day. I knew it would come back to kill me. Oh, God, you had the worst golfers in yeah. the world, didn't you? We have an afternoon shotgun, corporate, and we're teeing off from 10A. So 10A is... not bad, no. Well, as it turns out, it was actually a great draw. However, once we get to 10A, there's 11A and 11B... Oh, jeez, yeah. ...who are halfway up the fairway because they can't go any further because normal play is still on 10. So, oh, gotcha. You know, oh, think geez. about it. We play number 10, then we have to wait... So for anyone that doesn't know what shotgun start is, it's maybe, say, 40, 80 people, and everyone gets assigned a, 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 a tee, and you tee off at the same time. So the idea would be it would be best if you have an empty golf course. Yeah, but when there's people out there, it doesn't tend to work. So uh, the, I've got three guys and a lady, and the lady was the, the best golfer in the group, 
with wow. coming in with an 18 handicap, which uh, she really struggled to play to. <laughs> we had one guy who, really nice lad, but he he was, a, I don't mind beginner golfers, because, you know, you're, you're meant to pick up after you've triple bogey pick up. Yeah. Just, you know, come on, keep the pace of play yeah, going. As long as they have a little, you know, know-how, I mean, yeah. This guy, he kept on dropping a second. He, he duffed one and then it became very dangerous, you know, because you're, <laughs> He hits a ball, you start walking, and he's yeah, throwing it alone oh yeah, down. you got to watch out for those guys. Yeah. Balls are whizzing yeah. everywhere. And he, I've never come across... So when I, when I play golf, I'm, I'm actually really poor at seeing where my own ball goes. I'm sometimes 5, 10, 15 yards off. Yeah. On the course, I'm, I'm usually fantastic, you know, because that's what we're paid for. This guy's depth perception of where his own ball was is no the worst I have ever seen. 17th hole. It's uh, hole-in-one for a Range Rover. Okay, I would have been confident to ensure this thing, right? <laughs> it's 180 into the wind. We're playing yeah. at 215. Yeah, There's yeah. no chance. No, no chance. Absolutely anybody, no chance. Yeah. So he hits a driver and it goes straight up in the air. It goes about f- probably 50 to 60 yards <laughs> off the tee. So he keeps driving down the cart path. And I'm, <laughs> like he's, he's green side. <laughs> no, so he gets up to 17 green and I was like, hey, back here, back here. And I thought, oh. Oh, he must be going to speak to his mate in the group in front on the 18th tee. No, he thought his ball was up there. He thought his ball was had gone to wow. 20. Come on, and it gone 70. I would uh, that really tested my limit because uh, I was I was not enjoying that. Yeah. And you know, but they were really nice people. Can't complain about you know the characters. But if you're a if you're a beginner golfer, you just have to know when to yeah. pick it up. Yeah, get keep it moving. That it's funny you say that. It brings me back to my handicap discussion. So I I had a guy who again like McCoppin had the round of his life with his buddies, and his buddies were giving a bun- bunch of shit. I mean, he were shot. you were you taking the score again? Of course, as always. No, no, not at all. But he he legitimately shoots seventy five. He's a twelve handicap, holds out everything. This was this was legit. And then I get on this four day job, right? This four day uh-huh. job with this guy I've known for years. This this eleven handicap. So he shot seventy five. The next day. He backed it up with an 81. So he played solid golf for two days. So then I get right into this four-day job with guy guy I've known for years and years and years. And he's, he's I use air quotes, four or five handicap. Doesn't nearly play to that. Uh-huh. He literally, if he doesn't hit a good shot, he'll hit a second ball every time, oh, no. every single oh, time. No. So he's essentially pay, playing a scramble with himself because yes. he takes, if he doesn't hit one good, he's hitting another and he's going to okay. play that one. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, yeah, I had four or five birdies. I'm like, well, you hit that one OB, then you hit another, and we put it on the green. I'm like, you didn't have four or five birdies. And it's just these inflated and deflated handicaps just mm-hmm. drives me nuts. Yeah. So at the end of the fourth day, we get, he, he hits it down the left side of the first fairway. It's kind of wet, and he's been fluffing it all week, by the way, not just dropping and hitting numbers, but fluffing it. And he gets down to the fairway, and his ball's in the fairway, and it's covered in grass. He's like, you know, you mind if we pick these up and clean them today? I know it's not legit, but we're going to pick these up and clean them because there's a lot of, lot, the, the, the grass is kind of wet and there's, there's grass on the ball. I'm like, yeah, we got to keep it legit, buddy. Yeah, 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 let's clean that ball. I'm like, come on, bro. Oh, legit. It's classic. Golfers are just funny. How, how many of the people you caddy for would you play against? With their Knowing, handicaps, yeah. oh, almost every single hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's obviously exceptions to the rule because you do get a lot of guys who are sandbaggers by mm-hmm. by choice. But more often than not, people have vanity handicaps. Yes, that's yeah. why you know you look at the AT and T, all these fours and fives and sixes and sevens. They play like twelves, fifteens at at mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Well, know? a couple of years ago, I had at AT and had a guy playing off three, three, but. 
he didn't feel the need to play any practice rounds. You know, oh, yeah. Busy guy. Free you handicap. Know. He, he's got it covered. And, yeah, he came in two holes in, out of 54. He, he contributed on Contributed two holes. With, yeah. with bogeys. Bogey net par, yeah. There you go. I don't even know if it was... We, we, <laughs> the pro a, made a double. We, yeah, yeah we, we'd a pretty yeah. shite pro. So, you know, <laughs> it, it was actually a bo- bogey yeah. for bogey. Uh, and the the one time he, he needed a, a read, I was uh, away talking to someone in the crowd. So that was quite embarrassing. But yeah, t- that's... I Yeah, very few. We used to find it in Scotland all the time. Guys would come across and say, oh, my scratch. What you would find about Americans was they could, they could spin the ball a lot better. Mm-hmm. They had a certain way of hitting the ball, but that that used to always impress me. But no one could ever play at their handicap, especially ever. not with a bit of wind. Uh, my brother actually sent me a tweet this week, and it was there uh, from the Hartford Golf Club, and they said we've moved away from gender tees like this golf club below, and we base it more on ability, but most importantly, game enjoyment. And uh, it says, "What do you think?" And it says, actually, it says recommended tees by score, and they got blue eighty and under. White eighty one to ninety, gold ninety one to hundred, and red tees a hundred plus. Um, I, I I'm massive fan of that. Huge I fan. I I I've been out of the habit of calling the red tees the ladies tees for a number of years. I never ever call them the ladies tees. They're the forward tees. Don't be ashamed to play the play it up. Have think, more fun. I think they should change the color of the forward tee. Yeah, and so that it does get away from the red, uh, or maybe name them. Yeah, I think that's that's the best way forward. Now. I nearly got killed by golf ball this past week. The, well, killed, okay. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, you know, laying it on thick there, but it was close. It was the closest, I think, in 26, 27 years I've ever been to being compl- properly you've, maimed. You've had a couple of close calls as of late, I hear. Uh, yes, so I'm, I'm caddying with Man Bun. And he, Man Bun. He, was not, uh, he wasn't paying attention. Shocking. Uh, so we're behind the eight. Was he playing with his hair or...? He probably was playing with it, combing it, uh, or someone else was playing with it. But he's he's got a total hack, Johnny Hack, English guy, mm-hmm. total menace, complete menace. Another one of those guys that pick the ball up, mate. You've had eight strokes, yeah. You're still one fifty. Don't drop another. You're not yeah. going to hit it any better. Let's yeah. drop it up by the green if you really want to putt. Drop it on the green. But this guy's at the front of eight on the wee course. One of my players is at the back left of the wee course and on of eight green, and I'm already kind of sort of bending down. It's one of those positions where I'm not expecting a ball to be oh, coming, yeah. you know, flying at me. But again, that's, you Your know, less. Reflexes are limited too when you're crouching, yeah. Well, I was slightly crouching and there was no shout of four. Man Bun said he did, but that's, he didn't. <laughs> and my player went, watch out. And I kind of ducked a little more. I turned to my right and I saw the ball about four feet from my head. It was going straight at my temple or my Jeez. eye socket. And I was able to fall and roll like a cat. That's scary. Uh, same guy, 13th hole. It's Tina up. There's a maintenance guy. Now, these guys wear, wear helmets. This is the reason why they wear yeah. helmets. Man bun's off taking a pee, right? So he's not watching the balls. My guys have hit, but I don't realize that man bun's not there. <laughs> and I'm talking to my player about something to do with football. And all of a sudden, one of the boys went, oh, I think that's going to hit him. <laughs> right? So he's, <laughs> he's, 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 it's recognized that he's going to hit a guy. Yeah, yeah. But the guy's just standing there staring. He's Should about 180. Yeah. And the ball comes straight down. <laughs> As I turn, no time to shout for. Yeah. The, the ball hit him straight in the top of the helmet. Oh. Straight in the top. I've never heard a sound like Ooh. it. It was, think about that. You know, a golf ball from 150, 200 yards, and it lands straight on the top of a helmet. Wow. And uh, the guy, at one point, we thought the guy was you know, going to fall over. 
Yeah, yeah. But no, I went up to him and I says, uh, you okay? He's like, oh, he bounce, Man. bounce. That's crazy. I saw one on that same hole on 13, lady riding a horse. Oh. Luckily, she had a helmet on it. It hit her, same thing, right in the helmet on the horse. And her husband's yelling, you just, you just hit her, you just hit her, you just hit her. I said, well, it's a good thing she had a helmet, helmet on. on. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Um, and saying that, man bun did show me some at the recourse. He, this was some great caddying. I've never come across this ever before. When you're standing in the third tee in the recourse, okay. par three down the hill, yeah. you can actually see the fourth to the right-hand side. Uh, yeah. He described he described the fairway or the green as a strip of bacon, which I thought was nice, a nice touch. Oh, yeah, that's a key learned that from me. But he was actually saying, hey, lads, while you're here, you've never played here before, there's the fourth. Yeah, it's going to be hard to visualize. Green. And I went, you know what? Hats off to you. Yeah. Just learn the basics, like shout four. Yeah. You got you got the complex stuff down, B. It's time to yell four when you almost hit somebody. He's off in Las Vegas in his own this this week, five days. You think he brought the hat? Oh. Well, I know I know he'll be taking a lot of stuff out there. Maybe not a hat. <laughs> <laughs> hat hat the least of things. Yeah. He I mean, I don't know if it was him. Ah yeah, it was. He was with me as well the following day on number seven. You know people from Southern California, okay. LA, San Diego, they're just a different breed. Yeah. Some of them are good, but yeah, most of them are, yeah. 50 50. A lot yeah. of them are great, but they're just a different type they are. of human being in a way. Well, this guy, he's kind of peculiar. He's been brought along. He's a friend of one of the boys that's uh, hosting the event. And he's wearing a hoodie for the, you know, he's got the hood up, but it's like I'm in, I'm in a t shirt. It's not, you know, it's San not Diego, weather, of course. Yeah. It's not hoodie weather. Of course, he thinks it's Hoodie Wheeler. So he's wearing a hoodie. Get to the seventh, hits a ball, and he, as he's walking, he kind of trips a little. He's got his toe in the ground, <laughs> right? And he's the sole of the shoe separates oh, from no. the actual shoe. Okay, <laughs> so now it's going. Up, 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 up. It's almost like the the, the sole of the shoe. Yeah. The shoe was eating the grass. Yeah, it's cute. And, and it was almost like somebody went, "Oh, we'll call the pro shop. They could send some shoes out." He goes, "Oh no, it's fine. It's fine." And he starts walking, but he's tripping every every single step because the toe or the the sole yeah. is catching the grass. Time for uh, new shoes, buddy. I, it wasn't man bun. I was working with my mate John, and I I don't know. He he didn't seem to bother him at all. And by the time we got to the eighth, the second shot in eight, the whole thing came off. <laughs> and at that point, we had, I'm good. I'll just go barefoot. I said, I'll I'll actually call if you want. I'll call. Yeah. Uh, and he went, No, no, no. It's fine. And he played the rest of the round with with no sole on the shoe. Wow, and uh, and one sole in the left hand shoe. How did it work out for him? He wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but you know, again, we we did offer. We said, "Listen, we can yeah, we can call in a pair of shoes if you want." One thing I'd forgotten to mention, uh, probably about six weeks ago, was I carried for a guy. We're going up fourteen, and he had a few drinks in him, and he said, "Oh yeah, my 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 parents are good Irish Catholics. I think he was from Chicago." He says, "I'm the middle." Oh. Of the kids, I'm number 10. Wow. I'm going, how can you be, what's the middle of 10? Yeah, five, five or six. So you're six, the five yeah. or six. Because I didn't even think this was possible. He Too went, much math he went, he went, no, no, I'm number 10. I'm the middle kid. I went, 19. He went, yeah. What? 19 children. The youngest is 40. The oldest is uh, 62, 64, something like that. And he, he, huh, 19? Yeah, yeah. 19. 19 children. Dang, my dad's got eight brothers and sisters, but 19. 19's the most I've ever yeah, heard of. Yeah, that put, wow. I think his dad was called Norman, and you feel like, just leave her alone, Norman. 
<laughs> like, yeah. you know, Norman. There's a, <laughs> go and sleep in the couch, man. Yeah. Norman, leave. Yeah, just leave me alone, Norman. Um, we'd mentioned man bun a few times. Yesterday, I saw a full on ponytail in the course, a caddy. I was disgusted. Uh, another caddy? Yeah, yeah. Did you tell him about Little Bee's hat? My, my mother-in-law's a great seamstress. She could start making these hats for caddies. She probably could, but, you know, I think it'd be much more respectable if they just chopped it off. I agree. I'm not, yeah. I There's don't hats hate. for that, too. Our, our, our friend uh, Jim Hughes, he's got the kind of the, the rat tail ponytail, which is uh, fine. I saw him walking down today. He's got a pretty long tail uh, Yeah, and, you know, I spoke to him. After the last time, and I, you know, he knows how I feel, and you know, Jim's a good guy, good caddy. Uh, I just, I'm not a big fan of the, the the ponytail, but this guy actually had a a proper ponytail that you'd you'd see in like Dancing with Wolves, <laughs> you know, one of those <laughs> good movie, yeah, huh? great movie, but getting good ponytails, yeah, they were. But I just thought, mm. if I was a if I was a golfer and I turned up and got a caddy, yeah, and you had a ponytail, oh yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. You're preaching to the choir. I don't like man buns either. I it's mean, like yeah. face tattoos. I love you, Brandon, but yeah, it's time to chop off that man bun. We can get rid of that hat. Um, anything else you want to add? Because I got one last story that I need to tell you. Well, yeah, we should probably talk about why this this podcast is named. What, what, what do we call this podcast? Oh, yeah, what yeah. do we call it? We didn't even tell I went, why. I went crossing the finish line. Crossing the finish line because that it's the end of the year. The time's about to change, mm-hmm. and we're tired. We're, tired. we're tired caddies. We've worked all year. We're sick of carrying bags. Mm-hmm. We're angry at each other. Yeah. We're sick of giving you reads that you don't even <laughs> hit it close to where we tell you to hit it. You don't make putts. You're not good at golf. You should give it up. But yeah. keep coming because that keeps us yeah. paid. I'd, I'd say it's been that long couple of years to be honest it has it has There's but you know i mean we're obviously happy to have been working but yeah enough's enough we need some downtime i would be nice to have a couple of two or three days off work and uh, yeah. you know actually go and play golf or something i had a guy on saturday i took a single right wow i just you know i didn't fancy some of the guys behind me in the yeah. rostrum that I'd, i get it the, i get it so i didn't i just thought you know what i went straight into work 10 minutes later i'm on the tee great perfect it's a single off a cart. I just had that for two days. That's the cr- best cheating. job in the world. Cheating. It's best not job in the world. world. Well, it's a, it's a double-edged sword though, Mike, because that means you're five hours with a guy, just one guy in a, in a cart. It's true. Depends so who the guy is. Yeah. It can go both yeah, ways. Yeah. This, this was the strangest man, individual, I think I've ever, ever carried for. Wow, really? You're very strange. He, he had seven layers. Ever? Of, I would say ever. Yeah. Wow, okay. Incredibly. Yeah, it was, he it's seven layers of clothes on. So seven I've never, layers. I've never seen anyone take so many layers off, then put them back on. <laughs> and, but he was interchanging, so he would take off layer four and then replace it with layer five. Oh, so the different seven. thickness of the layers. Different yeah, thicknesses yeah. and different jobs, obviously. But he, uh, I think nine times he, he had shirts wow. on and off. Did he have like a little thermometer case? Did, did, did it depend on the temperature, wind, wind conditions? Or? Well, I, I know why we took a cart because the, the bag was so heavy. He probably did have a, a thermostat in, in the bag. Yeah. But he, he was, he was kind of weird. But he was just a really weird dude. The other two lads in the, in the group, the guy called Barry and his buddy Parker, they went to, they went to a, a university called Colgate. Colgate, yeah, I know Colgate. Kind of along your neck of the woods, yeah, isn't yeah, it? back east. Uh, it was actually, I think, the family that owned Colgate gave them a bunch of money and it used oh, to be called sense. a, I didn't a know certain that. name yeah. and, and they changed it to Colgate. Anyway, they didn't know my individual and my individual was a real touchy-feely person. Oh, I know those. Yeah. So yeah. He, he, the other caddy was Will and 
Will says, oh, um, uh, your dude just like touched my back. <laughs> I'm like, dude, leave me alone. Mm. <laughs> and I went, well, he's been uh, touching me all day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just the knee. It's one of those guys, knee, yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, fist palm. But yeah. I don't care. I just thought, hey, married with three kids is maybe, I, I don't know. But he, he just seemed a very happy person. But he was t- three times, he, he's FaceTiming his kids. Oh, really? So I then had to talk to them because he wants to hit a Me, shot. Me, my caddy Gordon. This is oh. great. He's from Scotland. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I just, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not into that. Uh, but he gets to, as we're driving, so I'm driving the car. He's sitting next to me most of the time. And in the back nine, he started putting his arm around me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And I, I remember going up 13 and I'm thinking to myself, this is like, if you're on a date. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is, this is like what you see in, yeah. in the movies in the yeah, 50s and 60s. getting a little too close for comfort. Yeah, they, they get the soft top and then the yeah, guy's like driving yeah. and all of a sudden he's got the arm around the bird. And I, I thought, this is, this is strange. Fine. On 18 Green, this guy Barry just, he walks up to me and says, <laughs> hey, listen, thanks very much, G. I'm really sorry you had to put up with that. <laughs> and I said, I... I, I'd started off okay, and then he kind of got in my nerves a little bit in the first two or three weeks. Plus, he didn't understand most of what I said. Yeah. yeah. Which was, I kept on repeating myself, but I, I then realized he's not listening. But he says, I'm, I'm sorry you had to put up with that today. We don't even know him. I says, oh, it was fine. I, you know, no harm. And he said, oh, he, he, he tried to give me a massage. What? I went, no, no. And this guy Barry <laughs> talked to him about having a you know a tight quads, or, <laughs> no, a tight tight glutes because oh, it came no. from his lower back. Barry, you said that to the wrong guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my dude was apparently in there and his lower oh, back God. massaging him. Wow! And he just touched everyone in the group. And uh, just a touchy guy, yeah. Yeah, I, I deliberately didn't give him a. He was a nice guy. I didn't give him a, a card for the podcast. I didn't so tell him because I knew I'd be talking about. Normally, him. at the end of the round, we give a handshake. Did he go right in for the hug? Like, yo, you're I not shaking that. my hand. Yeah, I said, Bro, that. you're not shaking my hand. Come in. Yeah, I said to the boys, he was last to putt, and I says, "Get ready for the old spinning bars." <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then we get finished, and he said, "Just that was it was one thing after another," and then he said. Uh, Okay, um, uh, where's the nearest bathroom? Where's the nearest bathroom? I went, well, we could go up to the pro shop. He went, no, where's closer? I went, right over there. <laughs> wow. She so says, wait for me, wait for me. Uh, 10 minutes, I waited. And then we got up and he says, what are your plans the rest of the afternoon? And I thought, well, I'm not coming for a drink. I got a dentist appointment, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not coming back to your room. Yeah. And he say, I says, oh, wait, walk the dog, walk, walk the bear. What kind of dog is it? I went, oh, no. oh, he's got, I've got one too. So now we're going through his phone to <laughs> find me a picture of his dog. And, and luckily, because he'd used the phone and taken so many videos and FaceTimed all day that the, the phone died. And I went, oh, sorry, boys. Uh, but yeah, a big, thank, uh, big hello to Barry and Parker who put up with that. That's uh, awesome. But uh, yeah, touchy-feely guy, single off a car, very strange. We should do a podcast about we can weird out get like the get caddies to bring in their weirdest loops. I've had some mm. weird ones too. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's get in there. I'm going to note that down right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll do it for for caddy stories. We're going to bounce on to talk a little bit about this new Greg Norman Saudi Arabia oh relationship. God, here we go. There's not been much happening in the world of golf, and as we're always looking to create evergreen content, you had the Ryder Cup, you had the PGA Tour is well underway now. But some of the events, not many people are not, not great fields. Yeah, they're not great fields. It's just that time of year. It's it's, it's the new season, but it's still kind of off season for most of the premier players, not playing mm-hmm. in a lot of events yet. 
Mm, it's such a demanding schedule playing 24 weeks of the year. It's tough, it's tough. Got to yeah. take your time off. Yeah. Now, one thing that has been happening is Greg Norman has become the CEO of a Saudi-backed golf, I guess, deal. Where they're, they're yeah, the Super th- League. It was basically the, the Super League. Of it golf was golf. The, it was the SGL, right? It was the Super Golf League, and mm-hmm. now it's combined. Or a new guy took it over. Maybe it was it was the same guy. It's just they've they've changed it. It's going to be the Premier Golf League, correct? Mm-hmm. It's yes. It, it's on the. It's going to be set on the Asian Golf Tour. Uh, Ten events. That will be the starting off. And what's interesting about this is that Saudi Arabia backed. So. If anyone, any of the UK listeners or anyone that likes my type of football, Newcastle United, big club in, in England, have recently been bought over by the same group who are going to back this golf thing. The owner, the guy, mm-hmm. the royal, not sure exactly who he is, but he's worth $330 billion. $330 billion. billion. So $260 million for this 10 I don't. I don't think it's ten events. I don't think it's twenty six million in an event. No, I think I th- this is I over so was, many years. I, well, was is it ten events for sure? Though I thought it was like thirteen or whatever. It doesn't matter. Thirteen or eighteen. I think it's. I think that's the two hundred million prize money. Ten events over the next ten years. And has the PG since since they announced Greg Norman as the PGA Tour Jay Monahan come out and said anything about what they think about it? Because before the stance was. Yeah, you play on that tour, you're done on the PGA Tour lifetime ban. Nothing's been said yet. They, they, they're they're probably keeping the gunpowder nice and dry. Anyone that knows anything about Saudi Arabia and their human rights yeah. uh, treatment yeah. <laughs> or the, the lack of them, uh, the treatment of women and yeah, and and, and other t- uh, other other people on the, I was going to say on the the peripheral women yeah, aren't I really mean, in the peripheral orientation. But, yeah, they're not very yeah. open minded as far as women and sexual orientation and you know all this stuff that. But Make America great. They are trying to improve their image across the world via sport. There you go. And I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of smoke and mirrors in a way. Yeah, let's improve our image by giving these professional golfers that have 10s and 20s and 30s of millions of dollars mm-hmm. more money because that's what they need. Well, they're always using the guise of growing the game, which really... Is this really going to grow the game in Asia? <laughs> Are kids in Indonesia going to start picking up golf clubs? Yeah. Because, you know, Dustin Johnson or Phil Mickelson turn up exactly. a couple That's of times a, a year. And is that really their motive? That's the question. Is that really their motive? I doubt it. Yeah. No, I, 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 a lot of people are, are very skeptical about it. And uh, there's obviously some players who are for it. They'll be the ones that want to line their, their, their pockets. There'll be a lot of European tour players that have no problem going to Asia because they already have gone to Asia. Yeah, yeah, of, but, of course. But if they want those premier players, we'll, we'll see We'll see uh, if they can entice them. I don't think they'll entice any of those. If, if Jay Monaghan stays firm on his stance that you're not going to play in the PJ Tour, you're going to be excluded from, from all the majors. You're, certainly the Masters, they're not going to allow you to play there. I mean... Wow. Yeah. Do you I, think that's right? Do I think it's right? That they start saying, "Well, it's either play with us or don't well, play." Well, you're at all. a member of a tour, and you're required to play in a certain number of their events. Like, like okay. we have that tournament out here, the TaylorMade PGA Tour players cannot play in that event if there's another if there's a PGA Tour event that week. If they if they would make it into that field, they are required to play in that event. They can't play another professional tournament. Okay, I get that, but 
there's a minimum number you have to play to maintain your membership. So they haven't had a problem with players playing on the PGA Tour or the European Tour. Yeah. So why this? Protect your brand. Different? Protect your brand because they see that this, this league is a threat to them. And honestly, it probably is. Mm. Because if these if the, if this guy's willing to throw that much money at these players, at the end of the day, that's what these guys are playing for. Yeah, it's it's great to win a bunch of majors, mm-hmm. <laughs> but give me the money. money. I want to yeah. see the money. You know, give me um, give me give me three million dollars a tournament as as opposed to one point five, and I'll play for that purse instead. What do you think it does for Greg Norman's reputation? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I don't think it changes it one way or another. Yeah, he's I mean, the, not most. I, He's actually one of my favorite golfers ever because yeah. I've read a lot you about respect and, the guy I mean. and seen a lot of his career. How he, you know, he was seen as very arrogant. I would just say Australian. You yeah. know, they're they're misinterpreted sometimes exactly. with their confidence. Yeah. I get but that. He, this is a guy. I think he only picked up golf clubs at the age of fifteen with his mother. Really? And, wow. Yeah, and then he ended up dominating in Australia, and he yeah. was on the European tour. He dominated that, and then he ended up in America yeah. with with no guidance. Absolutely, you know, Faldo always talks about. Arnie and Jack helping him out at Augusta. Greg Norman turned up at Augusta and nobody wanted to talk to him. Nobody wanted to play with him. Yeah. So, you know, he was at such a disadvantage. It was always sort of them against him for whatever reason. Um, and he's done great for himself financially. After, unbelievable. After, I mean, he's a great business guy too. I mean, good for him. He's Entrepreneur. Done, and this is just going to enhance that. I mean, he's he likes the money too. Good for him. I don't, I don't really know what to feel about it. I, I, I think money talks unfortunately so whether it you know whatever saudi arabia does to people i don't think it really matters i don't think anyone cares yeah it, but you look you look at china what, what their record and human rights is yeah everyone's yeah. still buying everything from them exactly exactly so, i don't think i don't think that aspect's gonna affect it it'll just be interesting to see if they can really get any premier players i don't think they will it's it's an interesting time in golf because i would love to see See somebody challenge the PGA Tour in that respect, but I don't think they're going to get anybody, mm-hmm. anybody of significance to join their tour. They might get Lee Westwood. Lee, Lee likes the money. <laughs> <laughs> He's forty. He's playing good golf at the the tail end of his PGA Tour career. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, uh, that's perfect. Well, I would love to hear what you people think out there about this uh, new Saudi backed uh, assault in the Asian Tour. <laughs> email podcast at glorifieddonkey.com uh, otherwise you can send us a question via Twitter Instagram or Facebook and just search the handle glorified donkey that's what we're going to move on to now actually is uh, mailbag questions Perfect. and notable mentions Four! now before we go into our questions I just wanted to mention that about a new golf podcast that's out I had mentioned I'd website called par3nearme.com mm-hmm, and that's yeah. the number three and it's a guy called josh waldron and he is out in virginia and he this is something he bought a par three i might have him on actually just discuss his experience he bought a par three course oh really in virginia <laughs> nice, that's cool he was a school teacher then he gave that up and he threw all his money into this thing and he, he did everything he was the head greenkeeper wow he was a uh, head of marketing sales <laughs> Uh, <laughs> running the register, yeah, he ran the marks, yeah. and he t- he took it. I think he said he took it from a thousand rounds to over twenty thousand. That's uh, impressive. And he he used YouTube and a local guy to find out how to get greens looking good. And wow, good for blah, him. Blah blah blah. So and is it still his and up and operational? He sold it. He sold it. Nice. I think uh, six months ago. But he's got that experience, and he's got a website called Par Three Near Me dot mm-hmm. com. 
and it lists all these par threes around the country and around the world. Nice. Uh, so he just started a podcast that's called Getting Off Course. So Getting Off Course, you like that? I like that, a little play uh, of words. So the Getting Off Course podcast is on Apple already. And uh, on the first episode, I was the uh, no way. the meat and gravy. Oh, wow. So I'm going to have to guest. check it out. Yeah. So uh, check it out, Getting Off Course podcast. And he's already got a couple of episodes up there. And give him a give him a support, and you can check him out par three near me dot uh, com. So check it out. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. Once someone starts listening to podcasts, they're just podcasting people. Yeah. So uh, enjoy that. Now, I'm gonna move on to a couple of questions here. Um, this comes from Tales from Par Away. That's uh, that's the guys from the Shire Golf Club in in London, where he certainly plays a lot of golf there. Okay. Uh, what are the biggest giveaway signs? that you are going to have either a crap golfer or a bad experience with a group? Crap golfer, I'd say. The, the first the, strike. Yeah, or just like the, even before they step on the tee, if they got the tubes for their, their clubs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tubes for their clubs, iron covers on your old Callaway X12s. Come on, bro, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're terrible. Get out of here. I would, I'd usually think it's body language. I'm yeah. so watching body language and how they sort of react towards us. Yeah, yeah, they're timid. Usually, I'm not, I'm not a golfer. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if someone said, usually someone says, "Oh, hello, where are you from?" I just know, then you know you're okay. We're getting yeah, conversation going yeah. here. But if someone doesn't actually say, "Where are you from?" or "Where are you from here?" Yeah, they, you know, it's you kind of. I would say that you know that you're going to have a really quiet day. Yeah, we're pretty or, good at picking up on those things. Um, but uh, yeah, the the bad group thing. Well, that could be any corporate group potentially. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, it's intuition, isn't it? Yeah, there's no lack of bad golf out here. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But after after ten years plus of caddying, it's just intuition. You just yeah. get a feeling. It's almost oh, yeah. like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaine Turnbull, uh, who loves to send in a comment every now and then and, on Twitter. Blaine uh, Turn Turnbull. 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 How do you spell that? T U R N B O W. Wow, that's a cool last name. Turnbull. Turnbull. Uh, now he said this. He says, "I know you're a Bryson apologist, but I shouldn't think, be." He says, "I think uh, Bryson's a real bell end after his caddy came out and said the bag weighs at least fifty five pounds." Yeah. Wow! What do you think a bag should weigh? Like on the tour? On the tour? On the tour? Oh yeah. I mean, what should it weigh? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. That's about right. That's what bags weigh on tour. I mean, it's just what it's, they do. It's what they do. But then you, know, you get the, the guy's taking the massage gun out there. He's got the umbrella, regardless yeah. of the weather. He's got rain gear, regardless of the weather. That to me, like I would just have no respect. I have no respect for a professional golfer that's going to go out in Palm Desert or Arizona with you your rain look gear. At, and look umbrella. at the for- yeah. look at the the forecast. Yeah, and if it's if it says there's zero percent chance of rain. Let's take the umbrella off. Let's take the rain gear out. Like, I don't know. That, yeah, that, that kills you. me. The, the swing aids. They've got all their swing aids for the I'm putting and all yeah. that nonsense. Well, you have a locker for that shit. That, just, that blows me away. It's, £55. It, it goes with the territory. Oh, dear. We, I don't know. Forever. But I'm with you. I'm with you, Turnbo. Any, anybody who doesn't like Bryson is a friend of mine. What did you, what did you think of him going to the long drive? Did you watch any of that or see any of it? When he wrecked his hands, wrecked my hands in the long drive. It's just too hard to hit balls that hard. <laughs> Bryson, get out of here. Yeah. I'm all here, listen. But, but kudos. I mean, he, 
he competed at a super high level in that as well. You're a very, very talented individual, Bryson. We get it, but you're still a moron. I just thought it was really impressive that every, after the Ryder Cup, the week later, he's out smashing balls and everyone else says, oh, they got to go on holiday. Yeah. No, it's, you know, life's so stressful. Yeah. Well, I don't think he has a lot going on in his life other than golf, so. I tell you what, that's why he's a winner. Yeah. That is why he's Good a winner. Good point. Good point. Uh, next question. This comes from a Jim Nuzzo. I think he's in Boston, Massachusetts. Jim Nuzzo? Nuzzo. 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 You know, how would you pronounce that? N-U-double-Z-O. Nuzzo, yeah. Nuzzo. He says, like, like many teenagers I caddied, I bet many golfers did time in the caddy shack too. The bags were bigger than me sometimes. The caddy master would give out the good loops to those who kicked back to him. I.e., throw yeah, a little grease his way. little grease. I wouldn't and get crap loops. Old folks who would average 150 or so. And at the end of the tip was a couple of coins which they would put in my hand as if they were gold sovereigns. Anyone else have similar stories? Well, well as I say, podcast at Glorify Donkey, if you're a former looper and you have similar stories to that, please send them in. But Nuzzo, I mean, if, if, if the good loops are given to those who grease, <laughs> you grease. You grease. That's what you do. Really? If that's how it is. I mean, if that's how it is there. Wow. Well, see, it just depends because that, that, that stuff goes on out here too. I it mean, does? I, well, I wouldn't say for regular like resort play, but for some of the tournaments, oh. yeah, that, that, that happens. Oh, wow. But if you're a good enough caddy, you make your own, your own good loops. I mean, yeah. I think, I think certainly in the past, that must have happened. I know at Turnberry, where I grew up, it was the caddy master was getting grease left, right, and center. Yeah, I mean, it um, happens. But as far as your first comment, you know how many times I just, my eyes glaze over when I hear, oh, I carried bags as big as me. You know how many times we hear that every year? Oh, I used to caddy when I was younger, and the, that big leather bag I used to ca carry it was huge. It was leather. It was leather, and it weighed 40 pounds. Bro, yeah, I get it. They were heavy back then. They had leather bags without stands, but we carry two, and we do it, we do it 300 days a year. We're not sitting here. For four months in the summer doing it, and oh, my aching shoulders. No, we do it every day. Get out of here with your leather bag. Hey, he's probably a Boston Red Sox fan. He's probably one of you. Yeah, so you're not a bad guy, but get out of here with your leather bag. We've heard that before. I tell you what, man bun, man bun still, uh, most of the bags are still bigger than him. That's true. And he's been doing it a since he was 17. Man bun. 13, actually. <laughs> um, we got another story here from a, this is funny, actually. This is from a, a Sydney painter. Um, I think he's up in Oregon, and he tells the Pena story. Or is it Pena? P-E-N-A. It doesn't have Pena. the... Pena. Pena. Oh, Pena. Well, I don't know. I'm going to say Pena. It's Pena. It was a bright, shiny, coastal Oregon day. I was playing in a four-man scramble, and I signed up uh, alone in the hope of finding a team to play with. Ouch, there's your first big mistake, yeah. Sydney. Total no-no. Yes. You you went to a what, tournament. What, a moron? Oh, yeah, Come on, Sydney. <laughs> you go to a tournament on your own. A scramble tournament? Scramble. Just hoping to get some good guys? And he says, I did. Four strangers all signed up as singles. Okay, fair play. It was fair to say that it wasn't going to swell <laughs> as we were five over on the 11th hole as a foursome. Pathetic, I know. At the time, I was playing at about a 20 handicap and was by far the best golfer Ouch. on the team. <laughs> Hence the five over on Ouch. the scramble. Fifth hole comes around and I tee off first. I, being a 20 handicapper, properly slice one to the left. He says in parenthesis, lefty. Oh, gotcha. So okay, left. so yeah. Into the trees. It hits a branch and goes even further left into the last hole's fairway. 
one of my teammates who had been rather boisterous on his displeasure on the way we were playing, took his driver out of his bag, placed the head in the ground, then snapped it by stepping in the middle of the shaft. Good move. Eerily slow, he looks up at us, then bashes the broken shaft into the ball washer next to the tee. Uh, Real good move. (laughs) I guess I killed his hopes of winning this small (laughs) for fun tournament and his future of becoming the next Tiger Woods. P.S. No one said a word about this until he left after the round. Probably thinking they might be murdered. Uh, hope's an interesting story, and uh, thanks for uh, all your work in the podcast. So I, I, that's funny stuff. That's pretty. So wait, what hole was this? He snapped his driver. Twelfth. Snapped twelfth. But he stayed. I thought that would be like a good like screw you guys. I'm out. So he kept playing with him. He kept like, playing. Oh, he played the rest of the day. Kept playing. Played the played the last seven holes. Well, maybe he just didn't like his driver. Unbelievable. <laughs> I I don't know. I, like that. The idea of Guterres turning up. Yeah, and in hopes that own. you're going to get somebody who can play. I uh, mean, no interest. Yeah, no thanks. I don't want to play a casual round with people I don't know, let alone a tournament round, yes. like a scramble tournament. I won't play Actually, a casual round with people I don't know. Yeah. My, I remember Big Tony, myself, and his wee pal Rick went down to, we're down in Thousand Oaks, and we ended up in Simi Valley. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. That's, uh, I think Ronald Reagan has his library there. No, there that's, you go. Uh, so we, play, we turn up and... and they, they said, oh, yeah, there's three of you. No, you, we've got a fourth. And oh, I remember great. just going, oh, oh man. Uh, and then I thought, oh, well, whatever. So I ended up just t- chatting to him. He ended up being good fun. He bought a round of drinks at the end. Oh, nice. So hats off to him. I think his name was Vinny from memory. He's nice, a huh? decent enough guy. Um, I mean, it, though... Those situations are hit and miss. More often than not, they're misses. You get yes. you get the if the guy's by himself, not playing with anybody. Chances are there's a reason he's by himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, going to some extra stuff. We've got a Luke Rendino, and he is working at Red Stick Country Club in Vero Beach, Florida. Do you know it? Red Stick, yeah, yeah, nice club. Uh, he wants to travel with the caddying, and he's impressed the caddy master with his great knowledge, even though he's a rookie. And he says it's because he's learned lots from the podcast. So nice. Yeah, he, uh, he was texting me just this past week on Instagram, and he was just saying, "Yeah, thank you so much for all the information." There's actually another caddy just new to the game. His name's Nick Lafontaine. Absolutely loves the podcast, and he said that it's incredible how much he's learned from the podcast. Oh, just great. listening, you know, he's a new caddy. We aim and to educate. Yeah, it's a, a, a outstanding stuff. We had a, a, a Josh P from West Philly, and he was uh, sending me a story about how he was. Playing out there, it's pretty rough, can get pretty rough. And he says he was once offered uh, to purchase balls and cocaine from the same guy on the same course. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, a guy playing or just guy off on the side? I, I think it's hey, some... man, I got these golf balls. I got these golf balls also. I got an eight ball. Cocaine, yeah. <laughs> I got uh, a golf ball and an eight ball. Which one do you want? That's funny. The, there's a guy also from Dublin called Owen Ryan. He had a funny looking name and he, he actually texted me just saying he was not impressed with my Irish accent. And he says, it sounds like you're juggling a set of balls in your mouth. <laughs> like, what, we, that was a perfect Irish accent, in my you, opinion. I, I, I didn't think we had any cameras in here. Yeah. How did you know that? <laughs> I also made an error. I uh, mentioned this Marco Tatic last episode. He was the caddy master turned caddy. And I then said that he was a pest control. You know, that's what his job was. Now, yeah. he's actually, oh, I got that wrong. He's a commercial snow remover not pest control so there you go gets rid of stuff same thing uh zabo any any final comments or anyone you want to say hello to (sighs) 
Final comments. It's it's been a long year, and I'm looking forward to uh, a little time off upcoming. I do have some some shout outs I got to give to my uh, actually good friend I just met yesterday. I caddied for him yesterday and today. Oh yeah, yeah. By the name of Michael Pastorius and his wife, uh, Camilla is her name. Camilla, like Pamela, but Camilla. So I caddied for this guy single off the bench again. I didn't want to. I didn't. This was that cart job I was telling you. I yeah. didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to work. Really, I wanted uh-huh. to take a day off, but uh, I figured, what the heck, I'll do a single, and so it turned out to be a great job, mm-hmm. and we're on like the ninth hole, and this guy, uh, the other two guys in the group, he's by himself, and he, the other two guys in the group say, hey, you want a cigar? And he's like, no, I shouldn't, my wife will get, you know, she'll give me a bunch oh. of crap if I, I, I was like, my wife the same way, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be caught dead smoking or doing anything I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> he's like, yeah, my wife, uh, she gave me a kid, I got a kidney transplant, she gave me a kidney, so... Uh, Oh, yeah, she's oh. got recent bell. I'm like, wow. Kid. I was like, yeah, you really can't do anything. Yeah. I'm like, if if my wife gives me a kidney, I mean, yeah, she she's, wins. she's got a, yeah, you win. Sorry. She wins. Yeah. Do oh, the dishes. Wow. Uh, no, I don't want to do the dishes. I gave you a kidney. Okay, I'll do the dishes. I'll do whatever. the dishes. <laughs> anything else, honey? Yeah, but uh, yeah, great guy. I had a great two days with him. He was just uh-huh. real appreciative. Great guy. Good, good to meet him. A lot of other regulars, J.R. Rhodes, John Coben, his son, J.C. They were great four days with those guys. Awesome time. Just a lot of good groups in town. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hi. For, for me, I just want to say hello to uh, Barry uh, Parker, who uh, they threw me a little grease, actually. And they said, listen, and I said, no, Just for putting fine. up with that guy? And they went, no, 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 honestly, for putting up with that guy. I went, well, thanks very much, For boys. the uh, sexual harassment lawsuit money that you're going to need. Just, it was just, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking back now, and not, not many things get to me, although I do complain and have opinions about everything. I'm actually pretty easy going, certainly in the golf course. But <laughs> driving the car and then your player kind of puts his feet up and, I get, and he puts his arm around me. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's creepy. Was, and it, it wasn't just the once, it, it happened most of the back nine. Mm, yeah, I'll have to think about that. That's a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Um, also had a great loop this past week with a guy called Jack Baker. Um, he's Barry Mike, and we just had a great laugh for a couple nice. of days. These boys get so tanked in the course. It was sometimes think to myself they, they must be absolute veteran drinkers because yeah. after six double triple pours and they're still making contact. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. You know that these cats do this on a regular basis. So what about did, I? I didn't get the chance to caddy for our buddy who uh, French national anthem Grant. You get mm. the caddy because he was doing that on the golf course. Was he making contact after drinking that much? His game pretty quickly fall, fell apart. The last five <laughs> six holes, it was, yeah. he was definitely so on the teams. drinking did get to him. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about drinking? Oh, it's absolute gold, yeah. absolute gold. Uh, last mention goes to Adam and Jordan Green, our boys. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, the uh, Green Brothers. I saw Adam in the in the barn about two weeks ago. He's like, Big G, when's the next episode? Oh, it's my therapy. It's my therapy. So thanks for listening, boys. Um, I'm always looking for support, asking for people to share it. A good way of doing that is is on the social media. Every time I put a new episode out, I'll post it on Instagram, the little audiogram, or I post it to the stories. I also do it on Twitter. Uh, just to try and take it to the next stage. I get quite a lot planned for the next few few months about taking things on the road. So on you know the day after I put a podcast out, or if you ever see it, feel free to to share the story. And of course, always share it with friends. Uh, Mike, that's us uh, wrapping up for just now. Good to be here. Thank Thanks you very for much for uh, for your input again. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the, the next installment. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your golf, but more importantly, keep it humble. 